Are you struggling to get better at golf on your own? Let me tell you something. Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, even Tiger Woods have one thing in common. They all have personal golf instructors. So if the best players in the world have them, why shouldn't you? When I finally decided that I wanted to get better at golf, I called my buddy Jason Gandy at Willow Creek Golf Club. Jason is a phenomenal player that used to dabble in mini tours and a former caddy on the PGA Tour, and now is using his skill set and knowledge to help others in the game he loves. You can get in touch with Jason at Gandy Golf. That's at, at G A N D Y Golf on Instagram or Twitter. And if you're not in the East Tennessee area, that's no problem. He has the proper technology to help you wherever you might be in the world. Once again, hit Jason up with a DM at Gandy Golf, that's at G-A-N-D-Y Golf on Instagram or Twitter, and tell him the boys from the turn sent you, and he'll give you his best deal. This is The Turn, Fantasy Golf Podcast. We're just two dudes talking about golf, just like we do every week on the phone, and we decided, hey, let's record it and share it with the rest of the world. If you like what you hear, wherever you're listening, give us a follow, a good review, a good rating. It goes a long way for us. And don't forget to share with your buddies either. One thing you're always going to hear from us on the turn is rotoballer.com. Rotoballer.com is a one-stop shop for all your daily fantasy needs. Whether you're looking for stats, injury reports, or good articles to read. And there's even a lineup optimizer that built into the software. And right now, due to the COVID-19 outbreak, Rotoballer is offering 50% off the golf premium package for the rest of the season. And when you're signing up, if you sign up with the promo code NICE, N-I-C-E, you'll get an additional 10% off that price. So go to rotoballer.com and sign up for the golf premium package and use the promo code NICE. And now, it's time for the turn, Fantasy Golf Podcast. Welcome back in for another episode of the Turn Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Andrew Poor. I go by Andrew Putters on all social medias. I'm with my colleague Joe Nicely. And uh, what a weekend we had. And this is going to be a great show for you coming up. Um, Joe, how was your weekend? I know you played a little golf this weekend. We did, man. I had a great one. Had a great one. Uh, we had a uh, rematch over at the Brick Sunday morning. Uh, it was a ton of fun, man. Had those had those young guys out there. Uh, shout out my boy Drew Fugit, who will do anything to win. He will go the extra mile to distract the competition. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Donnie Dots played great, broke eighty. So congratulations, Justin. Uh, good round. Uh, we had Cupcake Peyton over there in the uh, eight forty Maples group. Uh, Joey short pants. We we had a great time, man. I had a good crew. Yeah, um, but from the looks of things, uh, from the pictures I saw, did not go well for the Mister Fugit. I saw Cash getting dispersed, and it wasn't going his direction. Drew didn't have it going, but he he will go all out to win. So Drew's, Drew's my guy. Yeah, Drew's my guy. Yep, yep. Not not so much of a golf weekend for Andrew. Uh, we said before, I got kid number four on the way. And, uh, yeah, so I was, I was in the bedroom painting all weekend. Um, uh, watched a little bit of golf on Sunday, watched some Friday, then watched Sunday. Um, John Rahm, man, what a display, probably one of the hardest golf courses they'll play all year. Probably is the hardest golf course to play all year, honestly. Um, it, par 72, give him a few more shots to get under par, but 
uh, I think ended up being nine under, correct, Joe? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Finished the round at 11 under, we thought. Then the HDTV came in to effect and uh, was given a two-shot penalty. I don't have much to elaborate on this. I know it probably cost a lot of people some money, but, um, man, he dominated the field this weekend. Yeah, he played great. We, we talked about him on here last week that he, he would have a really good shot to play well. We thought that the final round of the work day, uh, he was showing, showing some stuff with his irons pop. Uh, so we felt like he had a chance to play well, and he really did, man. That that uh, Saturday, 68, uh, in those conditions, I think he even said it was maybe the greatest round he's ever played as a pro. Um, it was super impressive. We knew the course was going to play harder. We didn't know it was going to play that hard. I mean, those were there were U.S. Open lock conditions out there. So it, it was a really impressive win for him and really a signature win for him. Uh, he's won, obviously, in Europe, and he's won a couple PGA Tour events, um, but definitely his biggest win as a professional. So he, he's heading in the right direction, seems like. Right. Is this his second win on tour, or out or third? He won the Farmers. I can't remember if he's won another one. Well, the reason I, the only reason I say it, I know the Farmers always has a good field, so it'd be interesting to see if, like, but, you know, both his wins have been against great fields. That's why I was wondering that. Yeah, he won the uh, – can't think of the name of it right now. Um, I know we went to the final like the, match play, but got beat, didn't he? Yeah, I think it's like the Desert Classic now or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he won that one a few years ago. Uh, one of those those West Coast swing events. Right. Yeah. So you know, uh, I'm gonna give a shout out. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pat myself on the back again. Man, Lucas Glover was right there looking for a top ten finish and shot that 77 in the final round. Man, you're on it. You had Lucas Glover, and uh, you also had Jim Furyk. Was yeah, it was the call of yours? I think that's what you signed the show off with last week. So yes, you've, uh, you've definitely been on it. No, no pressure, but we got to keep it going. Jim Furyk, what a what was he? I think he was four under, sixth place, seventh place going into Saturday. Shot him a little forty three on the back nine, and shot him a little forty on the back nine on Sunday. Got that golf course. The back, the last at seven holes were just ridiculously hard. I guess starting about actually number seven on the front, really. Yeah, it was tough. It's one of those it's one of those weeks where it's just you're fighting, you're battling. Uh you're you're hoping your guys just don't blow up. Um that's kind of the way it felt on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody put on Twitter that this is like one of the weeks you didn't want to have six out of six because the guys are losing points. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was tough, man. I mean, just very, very hard conditions. Definitely the hardest we've seen this year. Um, but, but great call on Fury and Glover. Yeah. Um, so, well, the cat. Let's talk about the cat a little bit. Uh, I was texting with you Friday. Friday. So, Thursday come out, she's 71, looks great, sharp as he's ever looked. We were thinking, man, he's going to shoot – Six seven under this tournament possibly win, and he comes out Friday and from the from the, really the the second swing of the day started hitting it dead right. I'm not even talking about just a little right. I'm talking 30 40 yards right on every swing off the tee. He only hit five fairways on Friday. Come in, I think it was at 76. End up birdieing the last two or two two of the last three, and then yeah, that's right. He birdied seven and eight his uh, his 16th and 17th hole. And then chipped out in the fairway and got up and down from about 105 yards on nine to make the cut. 
And then it was just more of the same Saturday or Saturday and Sunday. He never committed to saying that he had an injury of any sorts, but you could tell something was just not right. He said it's more or less that his back needs to wake up under competition. He's going to put a lot more stress on his body in competition reps. And he put it to that. Um, I don't know what, what else, what did you take from that, Joe? It's unfortunately not super unexpected. Um, I mean, it's kind of what we saw the last time he teed it up uh, in competition at the Genesis. Um, not as bad, not to that extent, but unfortunately, we're just this. This is probably what we're going to be dealing with for Tiger from now on. Um, we're going to have some starts like this where he's just his body just will not let him do it. Uh, might have a good day or two here and there, um, but it's probably going to be fewer and far between that we get four great rounds out of him. Um, obviously, he's going to try to be peak be peaked for the majors, be in top shape for the majors. That That's his goal now. I mean, that's really all he's got left to accomplish is, is trying to win more majors or another major. Um, so we're going to see him tweaking his schedule, playing a light schedule, focusing on those. So it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to rely on him uh, on a week-to-week basis when he, when he does to you that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's just so sad because – I feel like we're putting to bed the – I really feel like it now that we're officially maybe putting to bed the, the greatest of all time. I'm not saying that he's not going to win again because he probably will. But, I mean, like, well, we might we might see, I don't know, five, six more chances of him at a winning a tournament. Chances, I'm not saying victories. I'm just saying because it looks like his body's just not going to let it happen. It looked great. Yeah, yeah. We, we got that master last year, man. <laughs> and I think that's uh, – it. I don't know that it'll ever get any better than that, honestly. Uh, him, him winning the Masters again last year. Uh, so we didn't get that. And, and he's obviously the best I've ever seen in my lifetime. And we can, we can talk about Jack Nicklaus, and that's a debate for another time. But, yeah, we're – you know, it's one of those things where we, we're just going to have to be happy with what we get from him uh, from here on out, I think. Uh, it's probably not fair to expect a whole lot from him. He is 45 years old and with a ton of mileage and injuries. So, it's just going to be hit and miss with Tiger, I'm afraid. Yep. So, let's go into uh, this weekend. This weekend, we got the second playing of the 3M Open. Uh, last year's champion, Matty Wolf, eagled the last hole to shoot 21 under to crush Joe's life and beat Morikawa and DeChambeau. Uh, how far was that foot? You said about 80 foot, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's about an 80 footer from, from off the fringe. Uh, it destroyed my life. I think it yeah. cost me like it cost me like eight or ten eight or ten k last year in this tournament. It was it was a heartbreaker. Yeah. So anyway, second playing the three M Open is played at the TPC Twin Cities, a long time playing of a senior event. Uh, like I said, Matty Wolf uh, twenty one under. Um, if you look up on Wikipedia, it's saying seventy one hundred yards. Um, par 72 however they alter the golf course to a par 71 uh, for this event um, I mean it's amazing that they do that and they still go that low but uh, course designer Arnold Palmer with the help of Tom Lehman uh, we don't see much of Arnold Palmer design so this is, should be an interesting this should be very eerie similar to the to the Detroit tournament right Joe a lot of birdies I think that's a, think that's a great comp um, especially to a recent tournament that's still kind of fresh in our minds I, I think it's a it's a great comp to the Rocket Mortgage. We're going to see it's the weakest field we've seen uh, since the restart, without a doubt. 
Um, but we're going to see these guys make tons of birdies. These fairways are super wide, easy to hit. Um, they can go low here. Um, you know, we're, we're going to get into it, but we probably want to target uh, bombers maybe a little more than we have uh, some of these tighter tracks we've seen since the restart. Want to be looking at bombers driving distance. Um, definitely guys that can make birdies. Um, that, that's kind of what we're going to be looking for here. Um, three guys at 20 under par or better last year, and, and we can probably expect more of the same this year. Yeah, if you um, last year, where would we have put DeChambeau in the in the screen, grand scheme thing? We would have put him more of a ball striker, right? And then a bomber this time last year. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I think we would. Uh, Wolf was still kind of his game was still kind of an unknown. Um, and this was a breakout spot for Morikawa last year, also. Obviously, we know he's a top notch ball striker, makes his living with his irons. So there's a couple different ways you can go here, uh, which we'll get into as we start getting into the field. But, um, you know, I'm interested in distance this week, probably more so than I have been since the since the restart. We, we saw some shorter tracks there initially when golf started back up. But I'll be, uh, be looking for distance and also, of course, ball striking. Not very concerned with around the green play this week, kind of the opposite of last week. Um, you, you want guys that, that can fill it up, make birdies, uh, hit the long way. Yeah, so right here off the top, DJ Kepka, female, three bombers, uh, two of them with a considerably better resume than the other, female with a very disappointing last 27 holes. That's actually, that's probably an understatement. Uh, but to his credit, he did say the first 36 holes, he got lucky a lot, uh, hitting bad shots, and it ended up being in the fairway or on the fringe or having good lies in the rough, things like that. So, Brooks' game looks – Terrible at best, uh, hitting the driver everywhere, hitting it 30 yards left from 120 out in the middle of the fairway. DJ, we don't really know. He actually – I think he actually played pretty well. It's just when he had to hit a bad shot, he made double or triple. Um, so, of those three, are we considering DJ more than the other two? I'm out on Brooks. Um, I'll be looking at him maybe in a couple of weeks, the first major. Uh, but I, I'm just not going there in regular tour events with him right now. Um, I'm just not doing it. Uh, but, yeah, DJ and Finau, I am very interested. Uh, we, we talked last week about how we, we never want to take DJ off the layoff, right? And it, it, it come to fruition with uh, two rounds of 80, which is hard to, hard to believe that DJ goes out there and shoots 80 two times. Uh, but I, I look for him to bounce back. I think he's won three times in his career coming off of – a missed cut the week before, so he can definitely go out there and win this week. This is his kind of track. His distance is, is going to give him a huge advantage on this one. Uh, same with Finau, who's hitting the box extremely far. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely lean DJ and Tony uh, over Brooks. And Tony, you know, he can bounce back. Um, you have to be concerned about his his capability of winning tournaments. It just, it just feels like he's not going to. Um, but, you know, he's got a great chance to play well. And this this certainly sits up well for him on this track. So, uh, I, would, I would definitely lean DJ and, and Tony there over Brooks at the top. Yeah, right after, right below them we got Tom, Tony Fleetwood, which – or Tommy <laughs> Tommy Fleetwood, which we love normally. We love him on bombers, ball striking, tight courses, wide open courses. However, we don't know where his game's at considering he didn't choose to come over here uh, during the COVID time period and take the 
So this is his first tournament back, and obviously he came back to get ready for the majors. Um, so he's playing his first event since the restart. Well, I mean, we got to be out on him just because the unknown. Are you going to still roster him a little bit? I'll probably wait and see on Tommy. Um, I've I've kind of walked softly on these guys that have been delayed coming back. Uh, we've seen them, honestly, seen them kind of struggle a little bit. Uh, I think maybe other than Terrell Hatton, who's played well in, in limited starts, but I'm waiting on Tommy. Um, I, I'm just going to wait and see there. It's not worth it uh, for me. If I'm going to Tommy, I would rather go with Paul Casey, um, who missed the cut last week, but that was due to a, to an eight on a par three. Um, other than that, played well, and he's a great ball striker. So I would I would go Casey or go up to Tony or DJ uh, before Tommy this week, just just to, because I'd rather wait and see on him. Yeah, I mean I feel I mean I love I, I'm a. You know, I'm a big veteran guy, so I normally love Paul Casey because, I mean, it seems like when he plays an event, he's in the top 20. He never misses a cut. It feels – it seems like – I mean, no, he does. But you got to also question his ability to win. Um, I really, really hate the next guy on the list. It's because he's done so well for me and so bad for me. There's no in-between. And, golly, he even played good this last week and knows completely off of him. Uh, we, the Bubba. I mean, this the guy. This place you would have to think would set up fairly well for him uh, if he gets the putter going at all. Yeah, Bubba's got Bubba's interesting. He's got a chance to play well. Um, it's just tough for me to swallow that price tag, but we're going to get a lot of that this week. Um, this is this is by far the worst field we've seen since golf came back. So as we go down the board, things are only going to get uglier. But, you know, it's tough to pull the trigger on Bubba at 9,900, even though, like you said, he did play really well last week. Um, he made a 10 on a par five in the first round, battled back, made the cut, kept moving up the board, um, actually hit the ball great, um, just couldn't, couldn't do anything else. But he, he's an interesting player on this, on this course where it's wide open off the tee. Uh, he can bomb it out there. Uh, he, he's worth a look. It, it's just tough pull the trigger on him at 99 when you can when you can go up a little bit and feel like you're getting more dependable players yeah so the will matt wolf at just below him at 9700 will his ownership be out of sight considering defending champion or do you think people are too sour of taste on him his game being inconsistent well that that is the drawback with wolf is he is inconsistent um we're, we're seeing that kind of become uh part of the deal with him, right? I mean, he, he might come out almost won at the Rocket Mortgage, which we said was a good comp for here. Did win here last year. Um, but we're, we're going to take the take the volatility into account. So he's a guy that when his swing is right, I think it's very, very right. Uh, but when it's off, it's it's pretty off. Um, right now he's playing well, though. He, he actually hit the ball really well last week at Memorial. Um, kind of surged up a little bit at the end of the tournament. Again, like a T28 or T22. Um, but he's interesting this week because we know that he can bomb it out there and, and really take advantage of, of these wide fairways. So definitely interested in Wolf. Um, he is a guy you can fade if, if it looks like his ownership is getting up there. You can kind of keep an eye on that. If it looks like he's going to be super popular, <clears throat> guy you might want to consider fading uh, just because he is so volatile. But I, I expect, expect him to play well this week. Yeah, a couple of guys that have played great since the restart who you've talked about a lot on the, on the show and a little bit further down, Doc Redman uh, 
and uh, Henrik Norlander. Um, man, Norlander playing great this past week. Uh, Doc Rib, not so much. Um, these both look like candidates to be pretty highly owned in this price range around the players they're priced against. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. Um, Norlander, just because he's played so well recently, um, he's been my guy. Uh, I think he's got about a $2,000 price bump this week. <laughs> so, uh, that's kind of tough to swallow. And uh, Doc, man, people just know he's a great ball striker. He's going to pop statistically when you when you're running through any statistical model. He's going to he's going to pop out near the top due to his ball striking. Uh, but he's been a little bit off lately. Um, I'm actually really interested in the guy just below them at 85, Sam Burns. Um, I really like the way he sets up on this golf course. Had a T7 here last year, and he just bombs it off the tee, man. I think he's averaging about 311 yards uh, driving distance. And he, he can eat these par fives up, eat the long par fours up, and he's actually a great bent grass putter. Um, so I'm very interested in Burns right there with uh, Norlander and Doc. Yeah, a guy that you're normally high on, also Patrick Rogers. You are you. I mean, he bombs it, and he puts great. Doesn't hit his irons yeah. that well. So we kind of against him this week. Come, he still you have to shoot 66. Um, yeah, he's another guy that's in that. I mean, we're not going to find um, bet the farm on guys this week. Um, they're they're just not out there for us um, under ten thousand, even in the nines and eights. We're going to have to take some guys warts and all. And Rogers is one of those guys who can play really well. Like you said, he's a tremendous putter, but he also hits a really long way off the tee um, where he suffers his ball striking. But I think he's got a chance to, you know, he's a guy that can go out there and go low uh, one day, shoot shoot 63 or something one day. Um, so I, I do like Rogers, even though we're going to have to be willing to embrace the volatility with him, um, which can be said of a lot of guys this week. Yeah, I think one guy, if you go just price point only, you look down through there. Uh, you have to love him, but I'm not sure we can. I mean, does he even play professional golf anymore? And that's Brian Harmon. I mean, what's I mean, we got to love him at 8,000 with this field, but man, he has played so bad. Yeah, he really has. And you kind of feel like you kind of feel like maybe he had his chance, he had his window um, at, at Colonial and at Harbor Town courses like that that really suit him well. Um, this is more of a Make birdie and bunches, uh, bomber top track. Not doesn't really doesn't really set up well for Harmon in my opinion. So I, I probably won't be going there due to kind of being a bad fit and his recent form. Uh, I, I wish he would have played better earlier in the restart. Thought he was going to, but yeah, he, he's just not got it right now. Yeah, and where do you you know if you scroll on down here, I almost see like the seven thousands are more intriguing than the eight thousands. There's too many guys really to to hit on uh, down there. But uh, where do you go? In the sixes, do we stop scrolling completely? Or... I don't think you. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think you have to. I mean, there's a couple more guys in the sevens that, that I would be interested in. Seth Strock has been playing really well. Had a bad weekend last weekend, went the wrong direction, but he's a guy that's got some upside and's been playing really well. Um, kind of a guy we talked about a few weeks ago when up and comer that really bombs it is uh, Will Gordon um, out of Andy. He's there in the mid sevens. Um, he he kind of bombed out after after making a great run at the Travelers. I think he bombed out the next week. So um, might have people going in the other direction on him. But I'm I'm interested. Uh, our boy Stallings is a good ball striker. Uh, Merritt's from Troy. Merritt's from Minnesota. 
Um, had a had a high finish here last year. But to answer your question, yeah, I think you can go in the sixes this week just because um, there's not a lot to love in the sevens and even eights. I mean, if you want to – you could theoretically stack like DJ and Tony together this week and just, you know, kind of take your chances with some of these sub-7K guys. Um, you know, there's several that we could talk about, but the one that jumps out right there at sevens, uh, Chase Seifert, uh, he played well uh, a couple weeks ago. Definitely has a lot of upside, can hit it far, make birdies. Um, Neesmith's a guy you're going to hear a lot of people talk about this week, um, even though his form isn't great. Um, Adam Shank has played well in, in spurts. So, I mean, there's guys down here that we're going to have to take some chances on. They're going to be hit and miss, but there's definitely some upside down there this week. Yeah, who's your favorite guy in the sixes? If you're just pull one out of the hat, I mean, we, we still got Stuart Sink down there, right? Let's see where he's at. We do. We do. And Sink's right there in a little area that around that 6,500 range. It's kind of interesting because you've got Cameron Davis. Um, you've got Seamus Power down there who popped up a couple weeks ago. Uh, and a guy named Roger Sloan who played well here last year uh, popped up a couple weeks ago. Uh, my favorite down there is hmm, – good question, Andrew. Put me on the spot, buddy. Well, I mean, here's – I love Sink down there. I'll just go ahead and interrupt you here. I love Sink down there, but, you know, I'm, and this is nothing against his age or anything, but you have to be wondering, it was so miserably hot this weekend. He played all four rounds, you know, are we, are we fading that at all, guys that played the weekend? Are we, I mean, it's worth like considering. Um, and we've seen it with Phil and, and even Tiger, which I think Tiger's more injury-based than age-based. But we've seen Phil Mickelson play great, you know, for a couple rounds per tournament um, since the restart. But he can't put it together for four rounds. And you, and you do wonder if it's an age thing, if they just kind of run out of gas. Uh, so that would be my only knock on sink. And that he's, he's doing a lot of it with the putter which is not something you can always rely on. Um, yeah. that, that would kind of be my only knock on sink down there. Yeah, I love Huth and Swafford in the sixes. That's probably my go-to in the sixes. I'm not saying he's going to top 10 or nothing, but I got a feeling he's going to finish in top 25, and, and he can finish in that and against good fields, much less less than mediocre. This field has a, a really – this is like a – this is actually a weaker field than you'll see in the fall probably at times. Uh, from top to bottom. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really weak, man. It is. Um, and that kind of makes you want to dip down, maybe take some chances you wouldn't normally take um, because you don't, you don't feel that great about the guys, even in the sevens. Um, you know, maybe want to go kind of stars and scrubsy. Um, but there's some guys you can, you can take a chance with down there. I guess if I had to pick a guy, just a, a deep dive, my favorite would probably be Seamus Power down there at 6,500. Um, He's popped up and played well a couple of times. Uh, feels underpriced even in this field. Uh, another guy right there around the low sevens with Seifert is uh, Richie Wierenski. Uh He's interesting. He's he's played played well. Uh, we saw him pop up in a couple of tournaments. So I mean, there's some there's some directions you can take, um, but it just feels like one of those weeks where you're gambling a little bit more than you than you normally feel like you are. We we know you're gambling every week. Uh, in PGA DFS, but this this week definitely feels like you're you're kind of just taking some swings, uh, taking some shots. Maybe one of those where you where you play smaller dollar entry fees and make a few more lineups or something. 
versus uh, maybe letting it all ride on one lineup. Even if you're a single entry guy, uh, you might want to spread it out a little bit and just take some shots and have some fun. Uh, we got a couple of big tournaments coming up, so it, it definitely feels like one of those one of those Minnesota weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's probably a stars and scrubs for me this week. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out my man for the week. You ready for this, Joe? Oh, we gotta get him, man. You've been you've been just so, killing it. So we gotta get him. This is not a guy that I like to play. Just like <laughs> I do not like to play this guy. However, and under good conditions, and when I say good conditions, easier scoring conditions, his strokes gain against the field is usually better. This is a weaker field. Um, against on an easier golf course, his stroke scan against the field is usually better. And it's kind of surprising to me after pulling back and looking at the numbers because I always figured that the harder the course, the better this guy played, but that's not the case. And that is Las Vegas native Ryan Moore at 8,100. The only player really I feel like that can match up against him is, is, is Homa. In that area, I mean, obviously Harmon, uh, I normally would say that, but he just played so bad. Max Homa usually plays better on, on full-blown ball striking golf courses, not bomb it and birdie it style golf courses, uh, um, which really hurt my feelings last week. Max Homa, when you shot 78 on Saturday, on Friday, missed the cut by one. But Has he missed the cut on the number like two weeks in a row? I, think, I know he did last week. He's been right there, man. It's, his ball striking numbers are actually pretty solid. He's just – he hasn't – yeah, it hasn't clicked with him with the putter. I think um, he's been top 20 uh, every week ball striking since he's been yeah. pro. It feels like home is right there. But they did – they bumped him too, man. That's – of course, it's a weaker field. But 8K feels pretty strong. But yeah, it does feel like he's there. It feels like he's just a – maybe a little adjustment or something away from really playing well. Yeah. Um, another guy, when you were talking about bombing, that just kind of popped to mind right there. Uh, I don't think we've got a chance to talk about him as uh, Jonathan Vegas. <laughs> He's just uh, – that, that's my little wild card. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get you there with Ryan Moore uh, and go Johnny Vegas because he's a dude that can go out there, bomb it, get hot with the putter, get to 20 under. You know what I mean? So, it's a, it might be a Johnny Vegas type of week. Uh, that we're just taking some shots with those guys like that that we we know can get hot uh, and go low, even if you know they don't do it all the time. Embrace the volatility, embrace the risk. Uh, roster some guys like that that can right. that can go deep. I don't disagree. Uh, before we close out, won't you? Uh, before we hit your uh, roto baller plug for the week, uh, shout out to some some colleagues of yours that have been knocking it out of the park. Yeah, man, I got all kinds of shout-outs this week. Uh, Shout-out my boy Josh Bennett, uh, Minnesota native, and uh, my buddy Chad, who does the uh, Fancy Golf Pod and the uh, Preferred Lines Pod. Uh, both those guys are from Minnesota, so this is kind of a big week for them. So uh, so I hope they have fun. I don't know if they're going to get to go, but I got a lot of, lot of great golf uh, Twitter friends from Minnesota randomly, but uh, love all those guys. And – Shout out to my boy, friend of the podcast, your buddy, my buddy, Brent Buckner, the man, taking down a NASCAR DFS tournament on FanDuel last weekend, 15000 big dollars. And he did it with the help of my buddy, Chase Holden, Garage Guy Chase, um, that, that runs the uh, NASCAR stuff over at Roto Baller. He's awesome, man. Such a good dude. So entertaining. Uh, Brent, Brent read his article this past week, and 
and say that Chase nailed it, um, really helped him with his lineup. So shout out both those guys doing, doing great. So what we got going on at Rotoball for the rest of the year? Give us the deals on that. Well, we got some uh, we got some big stuff coming up, man. We got a WGC next week. We got the year's first major the week after that. I'm going to try to do a um, PGA Championship Bible. I usually do I'll do those for all the majors. Um, it's always a big task, so I'm getting ready to get started on that. That's included with our uh, premium product, which you can sign up for now for 49 bucks. You can use promo code NICE, and that, that saves you a little bit even more off that. Um, Spencer's doing great stuff uh, with his Vegas reports. Um, Josh does a course breakdown every week that's great. Tommy Bell's killing it. He's got value plays. So we're, uh, we're on it, man. We're ready to get you through the majors over at Roto Baller. So definitely go check it out. Yeah, that's right. Major season is in session. Um, <clears throat> three majors coming up in the next four months. Um, yeah, better hop on. Go to rotoballer.com, use the promo code NICE for $49.99, get the premium package for the rest of the year. All right, Joe, um, you got anything else for me before we go out, before we sign off? We good to go? I mean, I don't, man. It's it's just one of those weeks. Uh, we, we love playing every week, but this is definitely the, the weakest field we've seen. Uh, kind of feels like a regroup week. We're coming off a coming off a tough, uh, tournament last week that, that there was a lot of brutality <laughs> a lot of people probably got their feelings hurt so this feels like a good good light regroup week uh going into a wgc next week in memphis kind of kind of in our area uh, and then the major uh pga man in two weeks so have fun this week um maybe save a little bit of your cash don't go nuts we got we got major stuff coming up uh but yeah man it, it'll be fun yep all right buddy well, been talk, fun talking to you. Uh, go make some birdies. All right, brother. We'll see you. See you.